a dating and makeover expert where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. Are you always left with that feeling that you're not good enough? You know, you try positive thinking, you do these affirmations in the mirror, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough. (laughs) Um, You read all this advice about self-confidence, you you read all the self-help books, all of that. But deep down, you're still left with that feeling of not feeling good enough. And you might even feel like a failure. You have low self-worth, and and that often stems from a very deep-rooted issue, often stemming from your childhood, and it really kind of bleeds into limiting beliefs that stay with you. And this becomes clear looking at the common reasons for not feeling good enough. And maybe you're directly and regularly telling yourself, I'm not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not skilled enough, capable, talented. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And this could relate to business. It could relate to your love life. And and maybe these aren't the exact words that you say, but when you delve deeper, you realize that the painful feeling pervades and it dictates your actions because you don't pursue a a promotion or a request a raise for that reason, or you won't go after that girl or that guy that you're interested in because you think, well, I'm not going to get it anyway. Or you, you know, remain in these unfulfilled relationships because you think that that's what you deserve and that's all you can have. But why, why in your mind, if you have this, would you stand up for yourself? Take a stand and really like go after what you want. So think about that. Like, how is that also impacting your dating life? There may be this inherent need to be with someone. And often this is because you might carry a limiting belief that you don't feel like you're enough. And you rely on maybe that outside validation of what someone provides for you rather than the validation coming within. And I see this happen a lot. You know, they'll come to me and say, oh, Kimmy, find me the man, find me the woman. But really at the end of the day, it's it's finding yourself. Because when you have that internal validation, that's when you attract something that's healthier. And you're not going to really be able to truly love someone else until you love yourself and see that all that you are instead of all that you're not. And this can play out in the smallest things you might do. You might say such as like picking apart, you know, a job performance or even other prospects for dating, like not swiping on a profile because there were things in that description that were not good enough. But really what is underneath is the fear of getting hurt. You're protecting yourself from outside criticism, you know. All of this stuff goes on and on and on. I remember there was this woman I was working on just to show you an example of this. She had this inner critic of not being good enough, which stemmed from being highly criticized as a child. And no matter what she did, her parents would give her the valid wouldn't give her that validation and acceptance and love that she really craved, especially as a youngster. And fast forward to adulthood, she ended up becoming the quintessential overachiever, trying to gain that validation that she lacked. However, nothing ended up being good enough. And this played out also in her dating life and also the clothes she wore. I remember shopping with her and she was 
she tried on this beautiful green dress that she just, she looked stunning in and she came out of the dressing room and everybody in the store gasped, but no, what was written on her face, it was this crinkling of the nose and looking kind of uncomfortable. And, you know, before this moment, she wore a lot of subdued colors and she was clearly hiding and fearful of showing off her feminine flair. And, I said, what's going on? Like, why don't you like this? And she said, well, see this this roll of fat here? And she was pointing to the side of her stomach. I said, I don't really like the way that this dress kind of points that out. So instead of seeing all that she was in this gorgeousness, this like beautiful woman that everyone was gasping at, she was picking out the detail that she didn't like. And she realized she was doing this with everything. She was doing this with men, her selection process, because deep down she didn't think she deserved a good man or even to be in that dress, quite honestly. But after much coaching and practicing walking in that green dress, taking pictures in it, dating good men that deserved her and building her self-worth, her confidence grew and ended up attracting an amazing man in her life. It all started with that like kind of aha moment in the dress. And she didn't really trust in the beginning because she had that limiting belief that she would, you know, that that guy would leave her just like all the other men would, that it was almost too good to be true. But in the end, as I had to work with her through that, so she wouldn't sabotage things, they stayed together and proved to be a healthy reciprocal relationship. So you can override these gremlins that you know, call you not good enough, but it does take awareness and work, of course, to override these messages and break habits that don't really serve you. And with me today is an amazing woman who helps others overcome their bad habits and get over their limiting beliefs to achieve what they want. She is an entrepreneur, a podcaster, an aspiring author, an inspiring positivity motivator with a goal to help others soar. And you'll see with her energy, she is so positive. And while spending over eight years in administration and management work, over 15 years in customer service, being a current licensed real estate agent and serving as an agent coordinator for one of the largest brokerages in the world for a time, she has obtained an array of knowledge and skill that allows her to put together the puzzle pieces that form businesses based on your unique personalities. She is a powerhouse, obviously. Her passion for authenticity in the business is also really important and forming a mindset and getting rid of those limiting beliefs in order to be successful. Welcome, Kat Polsendelli. <laughs> I was good. I said, I knew I'm going to botch her name again. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much. You got it the second one. You were doing good. <laughs> I know. I did it. I did it. I I, I had a limiting belief that I was going to screw up. And because of that... <laughs> I did a little bit, but I I worked through it. Anyway, Kat, it's so, it's so great to have you on. Um, I'm really looking forward to this conversation because like you and I were talking about off air, what shows up in your love life often shows up in business as well. So um, yeah. Anyway, I, I actually, I don't know much about you and I purposely didn't ask more about like your personal journey. I'm so curious how you got here, like how you got oh, into gosh. all this. <laughs> well, first off, um, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> so um, 
Oh, goodness. Okay. So as far as a background, um, it's interesting because I kind of felt like when you were talking, you were kind of giving part of my story away. Um, oh, so interesting. If you yeah. want to, if you want to have a conversation around, especially limiting beliefs and things like that, um, the background that I, I actually enjoy telling people is uh, that it started back when I was 16. So I was your typical um, everybody knew me part of everything. I was in softball, I was in track, I was in choir, I was doing all the things. And, you know, my parents had high expectations for me. Uh, I decided that, you know, all the other girls had boyfriends. So I needed one, right. Instead of sticking to my guns. Um, so I actually ended up getting pregnant at 16. I did keep my son. He is now 18. Um, and so I swapped schools. I graduated early. I went to college, did all the things that I thought were right. Um, ended up actually leaving home at the age of 18 due to some headbutting. I mean, I was still a teenager, right? My parents were, um, old school raised, uh, on how things should be done. So I moved in with a boyfriend that ended actually in an eight year abusive relationship. Uh, so at the age of 27, I came out with two kids. They were 10 and seven at the time and a job. I had to buy my first car. I had to buy my first cell phone. I had to file for bankruptcy. Uh, it took me a year and a half to get back on my feet to actually buy my, uh, get myself in my first apartment. Um, and, and through that process, I would love to say that um, I spent time getting to know myself. I did not I actually did what most people did. Um, I put it in a box and I shoved it away. I dealt with what needed to be dealt with. I did my medical job and I uh, went into people pleasing, anything that my kids need, anything my family needed, anything my sister, anyone that needed anything, I was there, right? Anything I could do to not spend time with myself is what kept me going. I took college courses at night so I could finish my degree. I was very determined and also uh, distracting myself. So I, um, I spent quite a while not focusing on myself and I got into another relationship, um, very shortly, actually, after the eight years, uh, we ended up buying a house together. Uh, and what I noticed through that was about two years into the relationship, things were going sideways. Um, a lot of the things that I had dealt with were coming back up in that relationship. Everything that was said to me, I took extremely offensive. That started actually projecting onto how I was raising my kids. And so I, funny enough, uh, I, I met a lady that did a free facial. And I was like, I've never had one. Let's do this. And she introduced me to manifestation and mindset. And so I started kind of diving into it and like dove in head first and I fell in love with it. And from that, it really opened my eyes to holy crap. I'm doing the same patterns that I have been doing for eight, nine years with my ex. I was bringing that into this relationship. I was also bringing it into the way I was raising my children and being a mom of two boys that really bothered me because I didn't want my kids doing the same thing that they had been raised around at such a young age, you know, and I know we talk about this with how impressionable children are around those years. And so through the digging, I ended up realizing that the person I was with was actually nothing of what I was looking for. I was actually looking for just someone to cling to. Um, I had a therapist that actually gave me a book on codependency, and that was an eye opener. And I was like, holy crap, uh, did not expect any of that. Um, I ended up selling my house <laughs> to him because we had moved his grandmother in. I moved back into an apartment. 
started my life all over again um, and then actually moved into the real estate. I moved into real estate actually so I could be more with my kids because I worked so much in the medical field and um, what was supposed to be planned out was not. Uh, but it, to be honest, it was the best situation that ever happened to me. I was pushed out the door. I was fired unexpectedly and it made me get into that role, which led into business coaching and personal development. And through my journey of over six and a half years of the things that I've been through, I now get to help other people work on those limiting beliefs. Uh, and to be honest, it's been a blessing because I get to watch the light bulb go off in everybody else's head when I get to give them the advice that I wish I would have had several years before I got into learning about myself. Oh my God. I, I love your story and thank you for <laughs> like sharing it in a very vulnerable way. And you know, I always say we're our own best teachers. Isn't it funny? Like yeah. how adversity are really like the gifts in disguise. Cause you look back, you're like, oh, that's what, that's my purpose. That's what I learned. Yeah. And now I want to help others do it. And I certainly am telling my story on your podcast too, for those of you who haven't heard my story <laughs> at nauseum, but no, it's true. And I was curious because gosh, you hit like rock bottom a couple times with those relationships and like just kind of creating those patterns. What were, were some of your limiting beliefs back then that you were kind of like in your head? Yeah. Um, so I would say when, when I was with the abusive one, um, it was more along the lines of my family had always been together. My family is still together, been together for, um, just over 30 years. And, um, I, I wanted that for my kids. Like I craved that kind of perfect relationship, uh, you know, for lack of better terms, because yeah. my family was very private. We didn't learn about any issues within the household. And so I was like, Oh, this is how it's supposed to be. I was also very hard headed. And, and so for me, it was like, Oh, I can handle it. And my, for lack of better terms, abuser, um, or my ex, was one of those that was very narcissistic and mental uh, in the abuse. So there was a lot of back and forth where I thought I did something and he'd be like, well, no, it's your fault. Well, if you wouldn't have done this, everything. So I started actually ingraining his beliefs as my own. That's probably yeah. the biggest limiting belief that that came across was, you know, I couldn't do this. I shouldn't do that. I needed to make everyone else, especially him, more important than myself. That was the huge piece that I took away from those eight years. So while a lot of people, their conditioning came from when they were really young, I feel like a lot of my conditioning came in, in those eight years. And so when I got into the next relationship, it was kind of the same thing. Like I took care of everything. I cooked meals every single night. I took care of his grandmother. I took care of his kid. Like I worked a full-time job, anything that I could do to make sure I was like the perfect person, right? The perfect wife, the perfect mom, like I needed to provide for everyone. That's, that's what I came into that relationship with. But what I realized was one, I was getting zero time for me and no one was giving back, but two, I started realizing that I had triggers and so when he would talk with me or he would say things, which I later found out he had a lot of very unresolved trauma he had never dealt with. Um, I was very defensive. And so there was no conversation. And I found myself screaming and yelling and, you know, defending myself. And I was like, I can't keep doing this. And I, I don't want my kids doing it. And when I started noticing it in my kids is kind of when it was like, okay, 
things things have to change. My, my kids have always been that factor um, when it came to really realizing that things needed to change with me. It was because I started seeing my kids mirroring back the actions that I was doing. I know kids will do that. <laughs> and they, you know, it's like looking in the mirror, right? It's, it's, yes. it's like, oh my gosh, that's me. Or they're emulating things that mm-hmm. you're not even aware of. You said something really interesting because I think I work with a lot of people and certainly in my history, I've had this too, where, you know, women tend to be a lot of people pleasers, you know, and, and caretakers. And yeah. while it's not like, a direct hit with your family of origin, like that it was like the same as your exes, what feels like could be the same is just these expectations around taking care of others. Mm -hmm. And so I wondered, you know, if you could share a little bit about that role, maybe that you even had as a little girl growing up and how that kind of carried through with some of the relationships until you stopped it. Because that's the thing, like you think you're being nice and a care, you know, a caretaker is like a good thing. And it mm-hmm. is, it's not to get rid of that beautiful quality, but to your point, there's a lot of consequences that fall out when you don't like also express your needs and what you want. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and I will say in, in doing some deep dives into myself uh, and things like that, I was, I was the, the oldest of us three oh, girls. That, I yeah. was that one. Um, yeah. and, Me too, um, by the way, <laughs> so when I was, when I was younger, um, I was always high achieving. I was always, you know, striving to do more. I was a daddy's girl. So anything my father was involved in, I wanted to make sure he was extremely proud. Um, so the first kick to the face with that was when I had to tell him I was pregnant at 16, that, um, that's kind of the, the first, um, connection I have to like really feeling shameful Mm -hmm. in that sense. But I was always a high achiever. I was always in sports and I was always pushed to do better. That was my family. And, um, when I was about 12, I believe about 12, both my parents got severely hurt. My dad ended up having to have central back surgeries. My mom had to have a surgery. So I kind of took over and anything that they needed, I made sure I did. So I learned how to cook and clean and, you know, help my sisters with homework. And, and I, I noticed now that I didn't notice then that I kind of took over that role, bless my poor mom's heart, where I was always trying to be in control of my sisters as well, because they were four and a half years and seven years younger than me. And so that kind of became the thing. And so I I tell people a lot of times when I'm talking with them, like I've been taking care of people. I feel like most of my life, like it's my time (laughs) now, now that my kids are 18 and 15, like it's my, it's my time. And, And I'm starting to realize that, but I, yes. And by the way, and I'm sure you work through it too, you know, with your therapist, just to kind of tie everything that we're talking about. It makes sense why you attract takers, you know, because if you're the caregiver and you're focusing so much on other people and you have this inherent need to want to like, please daddy, like the men figures in your life you mm-hmm. wanted to please, you know? And so it kind of translated through the relationships. And and I'm sure that can even show up in business as well. Like the way that oh, you yeah. handle, you know, customers and coworkers or other people that you work with. So mm-hmm. yeah, I appreciate that. Um, so how, I mean, I know you went to therapy because, I, and then we'll kind of get into just like how you work as well, but 
how did you get over that pattern? Like, how did you override it? I know you went to therapy, but were there certain strategies that you put in place? Uh, I, so it took a lot of paying attention to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so funny enough, um, I did therapy on and off a couple of times. Uh, I actually struggled with therapy. Um, it may just be because I didn't have the right person. I did go yeah. to several different ones, but every time that I went to one, I felt like I was being labeled with something. I was labeled with PTSD. I was labeled with anxiety. Um, I was labeled with being brainwashed. Like I just kept feeling like there was all these labels and not necessarily a lot of help. And so it was actually with in that, that I had a lot of self-discovery. And so the last one that I had, um, I actually quit sessions because I said, you know, Hey, you know what? You're great, but I think you, you fit these people more than you do me. And what I'm realizing is, is I'm coming here just to, for lack of better terms, complain the entire time. And I don't feel like that's actually getting me anywhere. And so when I noticed that, I I started sitting with myself and asking myself questions. Um, I was very blessed to actually have a free um, 30-minute consult with a coach that I later ended up hiring. And I I cried to her and I asked her, I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, I don't want to be with these type of people. This is not, you know, this is not the way I want life to be. And so her suggestion was to write down all the qualities that I was looking for in a man and in people I wanted to surround my life with. And then she said, evaluate those that are around you and make the decision whether you want to stay in that Mm. or if you want to make a change. And it's interesting because when I wrote it out and I listed like 12 things out, I was like, holy crap, like my current does not meet, but like maybe one. And it was at that moment that I made that decision that I deserve to have what I want. Like I had been through enough crap in my life and I was tired of being in it. And knowing that I was raising boys was very important to me to make sure that I was raising them to take care of women that they wanted to be with. That was extremely important to me. And so I realized that I can only do that by showing them what changes I could make in myself. And so that was, that was actually the starting point as I started paying attention to people that I hung around, people that I worked with. um, If they encompassed in my space, or if they were constantly drama, I made a rule with myself, I will help. And I'm willing to continue to help if you start taking actionable steps. But if you continue to come to me, and it's just this revolving door, and you're not doing anything, I'm out. And I actually did that with um, a girl that was at my doctor's office. And I just, I felt bad because I shut her down mid sentence, but at the same time, it was so liberating because I took my power back and I was like, you know what? You've been complaining for months. You refuse to do anything that I ask you to do. All you're looking for is for someone to complain to. I was like, and I'm not your person. But that was like a turning point. And then I did the same thing in my relationship. I said, you know, this is the journey that I'm on. These are the things that I want to do. If you want to come and you want to heal with me, I'm all for it. But if you choose to stay on the ledge and I jump in the hole, this is not going to work. And I gave him a deadline one year. And I stuck to that and it scared the living crap out of me. And the hardest thing I think I have ever had to do was tell someone that I actually cared about that I couldn't be with them because they were not for me. That was extremely crushing. Uh, and amazing too, at the same time. Oh yeah. That, yeah. How empowering. And, and you know what I'm hearing you say, which is so important is that 
you know, it's almost like you have to give yourself many rewards and consequences to help you override something that has become a habit over time. I mean, that's like human nature. And, you know, sometimes it's something that naturally happens. Like you had your sons that, I mean, that was like the impetus that you were determined. Mm -hmm. You're like, okay, I, I, that was kind of like, you know, something you could hold on to while you were, you know, setting limits and stuff like that. And then, you know, um, sometimes you have to just create it for yourself. Like what you were Mm -hmm. saying, you'll say out loud, well, I'm not going to do this unless this, you know, Mm -hmm. and really it's like setting boundaries with both yourself and people. And when you do that, you get to teach people how to treat you and also like let people know what you want. And I think that's awesome. Really awesome. Um, well, let's get into like then how you like use your own experiences and all the stuff that we're talking about, limiting beliefs and mindset in in your client's life. Are there certain like tools and strategies and ways that you work with people? So mine is actually on a, a case-to-case basis. And, and I enjoy that oh, yeah. because I feel like I can get into what is actually going on with them versus um trying to fit them all in a box. Right. And, um, and not to say that that's bad, that works for a lot of people, but for me and being through the things that I've been through and the people that I've connected with that have had traumas and stuff as well, I realize that there are so many different combinations of things that could be causing issues. And while they overlap, right. It really comes down to asking questions. And so my thing is, is, your client also has to be ready to step into those spaces. And yeah. as much as I would love to help people to the core, right? One, I am not a therapist, mm-hmm. so that is not my job. And I understand that. And two, they have to be ready to want to deal with that. I can't, I can't push for them, right? And so the first thing I do is, is ask conversate, sorry, ask around whatever it is that they're having issues with, right? Because most of the time if people are coming to a coach or anyone, they've already identified that there is an issue that they need to handle. Now, right. it may be a surface level issue, right? But there is an issue. And from there, you can ask questions, right? So um, I'm overwhelmed in my business. Okay, great. Where do you feel like you're overwhelmed? And make them actually dig into that a little bit. Okay, why is this piece overwhelming you? Well, blah, 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 blah. Okay, from there, and it's interesting when you, especially when you write things out and you separate it the way that the mind can pick it apart a lot better than if it's just in your head. So spreadsheets, whiteboards, anything like that, that I can get people to visually see and identify each individual piece. It does help kind of calm the mind a little bit because you can piece it out. And from there, again, it's honestly, it's a lot of asking questions. Okay. Why do you feel this way? What does this do for you? Is this something that you want to continue to do? Right. Is it something we need to delegate out? Um, and and understanding that really actually gets down to the core of what someone wants to be able to do in their business. And then you can take that extra stuff and be like, okay, so we're going to push this to the side. Now let's focus on this and we'll come back to that later. Right. Because if you can give them that small piece of confidence and get them in the right headspace to get started, it makes it so much easier to be able to pull in additional things and be like, okay, we're going to work on this now. Right. Versus just being like, oh, we can do all of this and overwhelming them all over again. We have to build up our own piece of confidence in ourselves 
to be able to keep piecing things into it. Yeah, it's so interesting how everything boils down to confidence, isn't it? Like, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, it is all about us. Like we, yeah. and it's also really empowering to know that we have control of ourselves and the outcome that we want. Yeah. And I love that you help people get there. It's so true. Like sometimes I'll, I'll tell people it's like a, there'll be like a storm in their head and it, it's so true. Like it's hard to focus on something. And that's why people go in overwhelm and stress when it's just like everything's swirling in there. So I love yeah. how you make people write it down so they can just see it and compartmentalize these different aspects. Do you ever find that? Because, and it's so true, like you have to want to do the work and want to change. I mean, that's the first thing that's with mm -hmm. any kind of change in coaching. Um, do you ever find that people have that desire, but then their limiting beliefs get in the way or the gremlins that stop them from the action piece? And like, how do you help people with that? Yeah. Um, yeah, that gets interesting sometimes. <laughs> right. Because um, I, I, I see it too. I wondered how. Yeah. Like, so I, for, for me, it's really um, diving into what that limiting belief might be and, and yeah. teaching them to own it. We think that that's a bad thing of accepting like the things that we've been through or the things that have been pushed onto us. And, and we want to keep it part like in this little box. Like I tried two free years from the things that I've been through, but when you own it, then you know it and it's not scary. Then you can start to work backwards on, okay, what small things can we do? Like setting boundaries, for example, that's, that's a huge one, right? Um, one of the things that I love to do with people that need to set boundaries is first identify how they want to set boundaries. Like, okay, are you not wanting to take calls at this time? Or do you feel like you need to answer it when it's coming through? Whatever the case may be. And so I say, okay, how would you tell them no? You know, and, and what you do is you, if you pay attention to the way that they answer it and the way they look, you're like, oh, no, 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 that won't work. Okay, perfect. So we can't, we can't just say no. So what else could we do? Uh, maybe, hey, I would love to chat with you. I have this time block, but I can get back to it here. It's like, does that make you feel better? Right. So if you can actually take that big, scary no and find an easier way to kind of honestly kind of beat around the bush a tad bit. But it, again, it allows them to build that smaller boundary, which creates that tiny bit of confidence to the point to where it starts to become more natural for them to say, hey, I, I actually am scheduled from this time, but I can call you at this time. Or, hey, I apologize. This is not going to work for me, right? You can start building up to the boundaries that you need to put out there. But sometimes we have to start really small in those roles with that limiting to belief so that the mind doesn't push back so hard that it just reverts back to its original programming. That, that, and that is so important too, because I think that's why people get overwhelmed and shut down because it's just so big. Yeah. And so by breaking it down, I think that that really helps. You said something interesting because I see this show up too with dating is that you know, like when people are trying to set boundaries, like you were saying, and just help them kind of diffuse some of that overwhelm, people aren't quite sure how they're even feeling. So it's hard to set a boundary when they're not quite clear on what's going mm -hmm. on with them. Do you see that too? And and how do you work with that? I, I tend to get people that feel like they're going back and forth between like two or three um, uh, feelings, right? That's, yeah. that's normally what I get like, oh, well, I'm kind of frustrated, but then, uh, it's kind of this, I make them walk me through it. 
So, okay, well then if you're, explain to me the, what is coming from the frustration? What part of that? Give me the story that brings you to, and this is why I'm frustrated because a lot of times when they start kind of telling the story, another feeling actually comes up. Yeah. And that's actually what we need to deal with. The frustration is just kind of like that conscious brain, like shutting it down real quick. I call the sur- I call them surface level answers, right? <laughs> Where we are like, oh, I don't know. And I'm like, but you do, you yeah. know, but it's, it's <laughs> yeah. just so much easier for us to cut it off real quick. Right. Because again, it's a safety mechanism. If I give you a quick answer, hopefully you'll leave me alone and I don't have to talk about it. So I make them walk me through the story and walking through that story actually opens up their, oh, nope, you're right. It's not just frustration. And I'm like, okay, so then what we need to deal with is X, Y, and Z, not the frustration. The frustration is a reaction from it, but what you're actually dealing with is shame, right? Or guilt mm-hmm. um, or feeling like you're letting someone down. That's that's something that if there's always an additional emotion behind that quick surface level answer um, and sometimes explaining or walking ourselves through that storyline will help bring up other emotions that then we can process to be able to release. That's so important because I, and it goes with the people pleasing thing too. Cause I find that mm-hmm. like, if you're not used to expressing how you feel and, and letting people know, and even identifying what's going on inside, that's yeah. where the people pleasing comes. It's like, Oh no, I'm fine. No, that's, that's okay. And then you explode later on. Like you were saying yep. <laughs> your story, cause it's like this volcano that's just like building. Yeah. Building. So I love that you help people through that. And I, I do that too. And it's so much also I've seen where people, and then when they do identify, I also see a gender difference. I don't know if you see this, but it's like men often feel more comfortable sometimes in anger and women sometimes more in sadness. And I yeah. believe actually they're both the same, that one's inside out of the other, you know, but extracting that and and being okay with saying out loud, I'm angry or I'm sad, mm-hmm. you know, for, for everybody. So I, I, I love that you do that. Um, are you, do you find that when people kind of get over the limiting beliefs that that's when people really start like shooting to success. And I wondered if you had any stories around that because that's, it's super inspirational to hear how you work. It is. Well, thank you. Um, yeah. I think that the biggest thing is it, for a lot of people it just provides clarity, right. Which oh, allows yeah. them to do whatever it is they're needed to do back in their business. So um, to give you a, a simple example, I, I had a lady that um, actually funny enough had just signed up for a 90 minute deep dive. Um, we didn't get a chance to actually move into the, the coaching. Um, but her whole thing was tech overwhelm. That was the huge piece. Like everything was just everything in tech. And I was like, okay, okay. So I made her do a spreadsheet and we had a spreadsheet of like 50 something things that was all considered tech in her eyes. And so I walked her through piece by piece. Why do you have this? Why do you use it? Why do you have this? And why do you use it? And what I found out was that a lot of the things that she had, she never even used. She left it there in case someone may need it. And so the, the questions that I always went back to was, do you use their platform or do you ask them to use the ones that's comfortable? She's like, well, I always go for them. I said, well, why? Well, because I want to work with them. I said, exactly. So that means that they're going to want it, the correct people. And you have to be OK with that. Right. The correct yes. people that want to work with you are going to work on your platforms. And so what I made her do, which kind of made her uneasy at first, but she got excited about it, was when she told me she wasn't using it, I made her delete it off the spreadsheet. 
I said, it's um, no longer existent. Uh-huh. You're not allowed to look at it. You're done. Cause she didn't keep a lot of things on her phone. It was just things she logged into. I said, delete it. What? I was like, delete it. Do you have anyone on it? No, delete it. I said, you're not allowed to look at it anymore because you're going to keep going back to it and be like, oh, but I should learn it. So we deleted um, just over one third of her list to break it down, um, to give her that. And she actually ended up finding time to start learning two platforms that she's been wanting to do for so long, but has been putting off because she just had all these other ones she thought she needed to learn. She had several people that she reached out to that were on one platform she wasn't crazy about, and they were totally okay with going to the platform she asked them to. So it was like this newfound confidence to just be able to take back that small piece of her business for her to be able to start moving to the next level. And so she has actually kept it to where she's not so focused on continually adding, but is comfortable with staying with that spreadsheet. That's awesome. And how, what a gift that you gave her. And by just like holding space for her with that, like she needed that permission from you. Yeah. I think a lot go. of people do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Kat, this has been such a great conversation. Thank you for sharing all your wisdom, but also like your story and being vulnerable into it, because I think so many people are relating to this right now. Um, are there any kind of like parting words of wisdom that you want to share? <laughs> parting words of wisdom. Oh gosh. Uh, I would say for anyone that's out there, that's trying to do something new or start something different, please start small. Um, we tend to focus on the bigger picture or we're looking for that huge win. Uh, when in reality, if you would focus on the small things that you do in your day to day, it actually builds the confidence to make the next day easier. So even if your entire task list isn't done, if you're excited that you got one, two, and three, you need to be proud of that. That is going to help you actually push yourself forward versus feeling defeated. Oh, awesome. And Kat, where can everyone find you? Oh, yes. So uh, you can find me on, let's see, I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram uh, at Agent Services Plus. So that's the easiest way. Or you can find me on my website at agentservicesplus.com. And check out the podcast. Yeah, I was going to say hello. And you'll you'll hear our juicy conversation over on her podcast. Yes, yes. (laughs) Yeah, thank you so, so much. And thank you for listening, joining me today. This has been the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, of course, Kimmy Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And if you want to know more, make sure you go to my site, KimmySeltzer.com. And if you're having feelings of low self-worth, and have constant thoughts of not feeling good enough in your head, and it's affecting your dating life, hop on a call with me to talk about ways to help you override those thoughts and thrive in your love life. Just click the link you see in the show notes to schedule that. And who knows, that one call could change the entire course of your life. And remember, working on you is working on your dating life. That's all for now. 